good bike. So, okay, so you, you yeah. got a motorcycle. That sounds like bro. we got to get into it. Hold on, hold on. I know, we're into it now. Ace. We're not. Ace. Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, quit talking through the intro. How are you? Oh, I, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited today. We have Ryan joining us. This is going to be an awesome episode. I'm just saying. That's all I got to say. I fully agree. So that being said, welcome, Ryan. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. That's what I'm supposed Tell to say, us, right? You're supposed to. We, we uh, really almost literally put a gun to your we, head and we tell gave you, you a script, Ryan. Stick yeah, to the script. I wasn't really asked to be here. I was told. Well, that's because we're just good managers. He just assigned it to me in my work email. (laughs) I knew it was the best place to get a hold of you. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I'm here. Tell us a little something about yourself. Yeah. About myself? Like, what do you want? You want to know everything about me my whole life? I mean, we don't want to hear. As long as it includes credit card number, uh, security code on the back, expiration date, and social security number, we're good. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm 34 years old. I'm an engineer. I've been out of college for five years. Uh, I went to WSU, like three other people in our company did. Uh, I like motorcycles. I've been riding about. Uh, I think I got my first bike in 2009, something like that. And it's an SV650. Then I sold the SV after a few years, bought a DR650, fixed it up. Uh, you guys saw that bike. That I was got a rid- bike, yeah. One for me, got rid of it. Uh, went about a year without a bike. Uh, we got a new facility that we're working at now, and it's uh, – you. As you guys know, I used to live uh, about half a mile from work, and I still work for the same company, but they surprised me and moved me 25 miles away. So my 16-mile-to-the-gallon Nissan Xterra with uh, recently installed 34-inch tires on it doesn't exactly get the best gas mileage. So at this point, I'm making money by buying a motorcycle and driving it every day, as I will. Oh, way um, to tie this into last week's episode. Thank you, Ryan. Well, <laughs> I don't. I think I listened to half of it or, or all of it. I'm not whoa, sure whoa, whoa, which episode. You didn't have to say that. Just say thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, but no, yeah. So that's where I'm at. I'm back at a bike again because it made sense. Uh, well, yeah. You, before you might as well have had a moped. I mean, really. Yeah. The so I was actually having issues with the DR um, being air cooled and living so close to work that it actually wouldn't get warmed up enough on my daily commute into work and condensation would form in the crankcase. So it would it was actually harming the bike to drive it for that short of a duration. Uh, so it, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And uh, I mean, I just didn't love the bike, honestly. Like, I love building the bike. I loved looking at it, but it just wasn't practical. Um, I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought it was going to be this bike that did everything great 
and instead it was just this bike that did everything but did it all poorly in my opinion so i mean i know a lot of people out there love dr650s i got nothing bad to say about it thing never broke it you know it ran like a clock it just wasn't my thing okay now did you off-road it much i tried to but it weighed um so by the time i put all the cool guy adventure gear on it and it had its big steel uh, truss system in the back for the steel pannier boxes that I had on it that were large. Uh, I put it on the scale and the thing's tipping out almost 500 pounds. And 500 pounds uh, on a dirt bike, essentially, it's it's a really, really big dirt bike. You, you got people with the, you know, 250Rs. Uh, those things weigh, you know what, sub 300 pounds. That's the kind of bike you want to be out in the woods on. That that 500-pound almost DR was just, it was, and I had huge handlebars on it. That thing was capable. You know, everything was redone. I, I got into the forks. The, the rear shock was rebuilt. Like, everything was valved out. Like, the whole, the whole suspension down to the little parts. I'm not talking about bolt-on stuff on this bike. Like, I stripped it down to the engine and the frame. That was it, and started over. It was uh, it was a mess when I bought it, and it was beautiful when I sold it. So I mean, it had new wheels, new tires, everything, and it was just it was a bear just trying to wrangle it. You, you hit some some of that larger rock, and the thing tries to turn on you. It it just it was heavy, so it sunk in sand. It's it's not a dirt bike. It's it would go if you wanted to beat down a forest road at seventy miles an hour, you could. But that's not where it started and ended for me. With that bike, I was expecting to to beat down the forest road and climb a mountain with it. And it wasn't that bike. It it was it'll get you camping. It'll take you anywhere in the world. You know, we, we both know a guy who took it from the northern tip of North America down to the southern tip of South America and and made it just fine. But it just it didn't when you hit 75 miles an hour, it was like holding on to a buck and Bronco in the wind. It was light and unstable over 75. It vibrated. Oh man, 650 cc's single going up and down at 75, trying for 80, 85 miles an hour. Your hands are numb. Like it's, it's literally making you want to get off of the bike. And at that point, like when, Wherever I was on that thing, if I pushed it to the limits of whatever I was doing, I wanted to stop. And that's not what a motorcycle is about. And it's just for me. That bike, somebody might love it. I, I bet you the new owner that has it, maybe it's the greatest thing he's ever had. But uh, to me, in my eyes, I built that bike as good as I could. It had every bell and whistle in the world, and it still wasn't what I wanted. So that's why I sold it. Yeah, yeah, it was a little surprising for you to get rid of it. I didn't know at the time that it was a really a hate-hate relationship for the most part for you. I mean, we'd gone on a couple rides, left work, did our little loop, and and it seemed like you you had a good time. You just didn't ride it a whole lot, so I guess it makes sense that it wasn't you know on the top of your list of uh, of a thrill to be taking part in at the time. No, it was it was a good motorcycle, and, and you know. A motorcycle is better than no motorcycle, right? I'm not saying that it was wasn't a horrible motorcycle. It just wasn't what I thought it would be. Right, right. So then, okay. So then a year goes by, and to your point, you end up having to work a little bit farther away. Same company, right? 
yeah. uh, you, you end up saying, I, I can save money by getting a different motorcycle. I could get a save money by getting a motorcycle. So save what, significant how money. Make, how did you just make that decision? Um, my gas bill was getting to be $500 a month. Well, okay, and, okay, okay. So we know that the gas is costing me a fortune, but what motorcycle did you buy and how did you come towards deciding that that was the right one, considering your experience with so, the 650? Sure. So the the DR650 was one bike I had, and then I had the SV650. The SV650 was, again, it was a great bike. It was a fantastic bike. Everybody loves SV650s. They're like legendary, right? They're they're the go-to throw-around track bike that you crash it, pick it up, and it's still running. It was a V-twin. It sounded great. You know, I, I love the sound of that thing. It was for for being a standard-ish bike. Uh, you know, kind of looked crotch rockety. It kind of sounded like a Harley. You know, it was a wonderful sound that bike had. Uh, 70 horsepower, and you know, had a ton of torque too. It was it was a great bike. It wasn't a crotch rocket but it was something like one that was a little more comfortable. What I hated about that bike and learned from that bike that led me to this, this is why I'm going through the bikes I've had in the past, because that's why I have what I have now is because of what I know from the past. Okay. And the, so the SV650 had clip-ons and I know that I will never ever do that again in my <laughs> life. If there, if there's a clip-on on a bike, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't even want to test ride it. You can keep it. Like if you want to hand me a motorcycle clip on on it, no, no thanks. Okay, I don't, okay. you're gonna have to elaborate on why you're saying that now. If you're the riding it, position, it's horrible. Okay. Like just laying over on a fuel tank. I mean, reached arms out as far as you can go. It, it's like number one, it's boring. If you're not doing, if you're not doing 140 around a track, it's the most boring position in the world. You just want to go to bed. It's like hugging a pillow. You know, it, it's not the. That sounds pretty comfortable. Yeah, it's it's comfortable except you're hugging a pillow with your knees and your chest. Okay. Right. So and I'm another thing you need to know about me, I guess, is I'm six foot one and I have a thirty-four inch inseam. So I have very long legs. And on a bike where that's made to crush you into the engine so that the CG is as low as possible and you can handle well. And the, that's another thing that bike did. It handled amazing. That's the that's the most the best handling bike I've ever been on. Um, I haven't ridden a ton of motorcycles. It's not like I just have people just lending me their motorcycles and I've ridden a hundred different motorcycles, but I've been on 15, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, that, that bike was great again, but it was, if you hit gravel, you know, Oh, there's a, there's a gravel driveway. It's, it's an insurmountable task. You know, I'm, it's like, okay, well, I can either walk it or put my feet down and, you know, really just idle across this, but it had street tires on it. You know, it was a street bike. It was essentially a crotch rocket with a little bit of more vertical seating. And it just, it wasn't practical for anything except being on the road and commuting and going fast. So I do, I, I missed on that bike, the ability to go places, you know, the ability to go anywhere. Because you're not getting on a forest road and going 70 miles an hour on a on a SV650 with street tires. You're gonna go off the edge of a cliff and die. Like that's it's, fair. Yeah, it's just so. I mean, so that's that's my background. I had I had one bike that did everything mediocre, mediocre, and I had one bike that did one thing really well and nothing else. 
And so I wanted some, everybody wants something. That's, that's the trick with motorcycles, right? Is everybody wants the one thing that will do everything well and it doesn't exist. So the, the trick is figuring out what's important to you, what, what you need, what, what you need too, not what you think you need, because what you think you need is not what you need. Uh, the, the 50, 50 tire is the biggest joke I've ever heard in my entire life. Nobody in their right mind spends 50% in the dirt and 50% on the road. Be honest with yourself. You spend 95% of the time on the pavement and you spend 5% in the dirt. You don't need a 50-50 tire. That's marketing is all it is. Like, like Ryan's uh, making friends everywhere. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying it like it I'm is told, because I've I'm experienced. Told, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You can, and I had 50 50 tires on my DR, and I'm chasing uh, Brad down on his 250. I've got a 650, and I'm slipping out on curves and stuff. And it's exciting, but it ain't right. You know, if I'd have, if I'd have had a proper bike with a proper tire, I, I would have run Brad down on his 250 and, and not slipped in every little piece of gravel that I drove over. Uh, Just, you know, I had 50 50 tires too at that time. Yeah, yeah. And another thing is weight, right? The weight of the bike is really important, which is another factor. Um, the DR was heavy. I mentioned it, the 500 pounds. And the SV wasn't that heavy, but it was, uh, wasn't was a problem with that bike. On the street, weight's not a big deal. Right. But, yeah. So, so you had the DR, uh, or sorry, the SV. You loved the speed, hated its inability to hit gravel. You had the DR, and it sounds like you basically loved everything about it. Now, yeah. what did you end up getting? <laughs> I got a Versus 300X, which is like everyone's, what the hell? I Mine, agree. Yeah. A minor cuss word there. Is that okay? I didn't mean to let but that you got, you got really excited. So this is kind of yeah. like, you kind of liked my KLR 250, uh, but you, you, you decided to go a little bit different route. Yeah. Um, so the 300, like, you know, it's every 250 ever, you, you hear people beginner bike. It's like, just like a, a sportster is a girl's bike, right? It's it's stereotypes. And people put these bikes into boxes without ever sitting on them, without ever riding them. They don't know. It's just, it's a 250. That's a girl bike or a beginner bike. It's a sportster. It's a girl bike or a beginner bike. They're perfectly capable motorcycles. And if you get on them and ride them, they're, they're completely enjoyable. They're entirely practical. They get uh, ridiculous gas mileage. But so let's talk about this bike, not just generic beginner bikes, but uh, the 250s, even for me, I've got on those. You know, a Ninja 250 from 15 years ago had 23 horsepower or something like that. It That's not enough. You know, it's it's just, it's not enough to get out of its own way. So I think the motorcycle companies are starting to figure that out now. And you see uh, the Ninja, the standard Ninja is a 400, right? So they realize that 250 isn't enough for an American. Somewhere in the world, 250 might be enough. It's not enough here. Uh, the 300, it's got 40 horsepower. 40 horsepower is, you know, a, a handful less than my DR had. So it's less torque, and you have to rev it a lot higher. But it's just, uh, it, it's a kind of a learning path. You know, you just you you reprogram yourself to say that 10,000 RPM isn't that much. Uh, on the DR, it's exploding at 10,000 RPM, but at 10,000 RPM on this bike, it's just going down the highway. Uh, another thing I forgot from the DR to this bike, uh, or bikes in general, is water cooled. So I'm all about the water cooling and the electric fan. 
I, I don't ever want another air cooled bike. Traffic happens. Uh, hot days happen. And when that thing is, it, you've got nothing but a, a aftermarket temperature sensor you have to add and you're reading cylinder temperatures and you're, you're seeing temperatures uh, approaching 400 plus degrees on your cylinder head. It's just, it's not a comforting thing. Your brain's just not programmed to compute 400 Fahrenheit with the temperature that an engine is operating at. And I get that. I mean, it's just a matter, that's a learning curve as well. And I, I did understand that, but there were times when that bike got so hot that I had to pull over and wait. And in the meantime, you're, you're sitting on a giant heat dissipator between your legs and traffic and it just fins, just dumping heat on your legs, no fan to blow it away. There's just a yeah. giant 400 degree brick between your legs. That's fair. Yeah. And the water cooled, you know, you got the radiator. It's not pretty, but the radiator's there. The electric fan kicks on. It's like there's a, you know, a hair dryer, but at least it's, it's trying, you know? And the, <laughs> so it's like, Hey, I've got a cooling system. I can sit in traffic. To me, that's a requirement. I have to be able to sit in traffic. I do commute. I live in a city. You know, I live outside of a city, but I do live in a city. So I don't I don't want to be steered away from anywhere, which is, you know, that's, again, one of the reasons I buy this bike is because I think it can do a little bit of everything well enough for my purposes. Again, there is no silver bullet. It can't do everything well. It's not a dirt bike. It's not a dual sport. It's definitely not a dual sport. The DR was a lot more capable than this one. All I'm doing is pushing these sliders one way or the other. And I, I pushed towards the street more. And that's that's me being honest with me. Because I don't go off-road that often. And having a bike that's oriented towards off-road, when you don't go off-road, uh, it does nothing good for you. So, so, okay. So, so this is, so I'm looking at the bike. I see some of the specs. I, I think it's a decent looking bike. I don't have anything, pro, I don't have any problems with it. Uh, it is a little on the heavy side still. I mean, it looks like 386 pounds uh, without accessories. I mean, how does that feel in comparison to the DR? Feels really light. And I don't know why. I think it's got something to do with the CG being low. Absolutely. I feel like the way they mounted the engine, uh, the engine kind of hangs off the bottom of the frame. So the DR had a full frame that went under the engine, around the engine, in front of the engine. Like the engine was wrapped in frame on the DR and it had a super high CG, right? So this bike has a, a frame with an engine dangling off of it. Like there's, there's nothing there. So I, I think the fact that all the weight is really low uh, really lends a lot to it and it handles fantastic. Uh, I think the, it's got little tires on it. They're not, they're not tiny, but it's like a 130 in the back and a 110 in the front. And I think that really helps for, uh, taking the kind of turns that I do, like just handling in, in the terms of daily commuting, mm -hmm. it, it makes it nimble. Um, there's not a whole lot of rollover on the edge. Like you get in a, a big fat tire or that a lot of that depends on the profile of the tire that you bought too if you get you know again you get these 50 50 tires with these big side lugs you kind of roll over them um i guess the stock tires that came with it are very they're uh what you what you would call a 90 10 uh which is appropriate for the bike because the bikes the bike would be classified in my mind as a 90 10 it's 90 street like if you go off road it will but 
not happily. Like, I mean, the lowest part of the bike is the exhaust. Like this bike, if you tried to climb rocks with it, you'd, you'd be stationary after 15 minutes from nailing a giant rock with it. So you mentioned you wanted to go more street with it, but I mean, this is intended to be kind of a, a small ADV bike, right? A small adventure bike. What, uh, what made you go more the adventure route? Because I, I will put a, a Shinko, what is it, 705 or something on it? You know, one of those one of those 70-30 type of tires, just so that if I do go to the beach with it or something, I can take it into the sand. But, okay. yes, you know, something like that, you know, where I want to, and, and I'm not saying it's impossible to take a Gixxer 1000 with uh, pilot powers on it. You know, it, it'll go into the sand. I'm not saying that's impossible i'm just saying the practical like i can kick a rooster tail and look like an idiot and drive off you know it's fun but uh you know also i i do i just generally if i want to take the thing camping or something i'll probably get some side cases for it and i will go down a forest road at 40 miles an hour and i just don't i don't want to be stopped from going anywhere um for the most part but i have just this time i accepted that i'm gonna be stopped by going severely off-road and i'm okay with that because i just don't in my mind i guess at least from that dr if there was a bike in the world that could drive me somewhere and then get me there afterwards it was that one and it would have it was just a workout uh but i just accepted that i'm i don't need that i don't i don't need to go and then climb a mountain with it i don't need to drive the highway and then climb a mountain with it i'll just so it sounds like you really have realistic expectations of this new bike, knowing that it's not going to do as well in certain scenarios, but it's going to do really good at your just commuting, having a great just flickability and controllability on a lot of your routes and being able to go out and do things on some off-roads, get into some corners and still be able to really enjoy it. Maybe not to the extent of the SV650 on the road, but and not to the extent of maybe the DR650 if it had the right tires on it off-road, but do really well. Yeah. And it, like, so the key purchasing points for me are, you know, the small displacement, uh, you, you actually, if you read about it, if you read people's comments about it on the internet, they say that the gas mileage is not good. And I, I, I can attest to that. Like if, if you do 85 miles an hour everywhere you go, the gas mileage is not that great on this thing. It's uh 55, you know, which is whatever. That's a motorcycle. That's what they get. Um, yeah, I've seen an article right here that says 47.2. It does talk about it being really low geared. So you got it wound out pretty good at 75 miles an hour. Yeah, it's uh, 75 miles an hour is somewhere in the 8,000 RPM range. And uh, but it's really if you're if you're at 70 or at 65, it's getting 70 miles a gallon, which is, you know, if you're going the legal speeds and typical portland roadways whichever yeah (laughs) i mean especially (laughs) not now in covid like in covid the the police aren't pulling people over so i mean it's a 55 mile an hour road the whole way here and this the traffic is moving at 85 you're getting passed if you're doing 75 so on a 55 mile an hour road so uh, until it rains, the the second it rains, everybody's back down to sixty for some reason. But uh, yeah, on a sunny day, I'm I'm eighty five the whole way, trying to figure out you know what's happening. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it 
could happen, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just the way it is. And, but yeah, when, when the bike on back roads, if you're, cause it is geared really high or really low. So, I mean, you can get a uh, six gear, you can be 45 miles an hour and you're getting on flat ground and six gear at 45 miles an hour. I mean, where are you doing that all the time? But it's getting like a hundred miles to the gallon at that point. So, I mean, it's essentially a scooter at 45 miles an hour, but it's the gas mileage is good if your commute matches the bike. Uh, the gearing is directed at, I would say, 65 miles per hour. Uh, that's like its ideal range is it just wants to be at 65. And it's it does that well and i think it i think it would get the advertised 71 miles a gallon that kawasaki says it gets so it's not a lie yeah it sounds like you're enjoying it, it sounds like you're getting good mileage and it's helping and to our uh, to last week's episode if you listen in where we talked a lot about whether it's economic to commute and this is kind of our point that we we tried to make was if you buy a a smaller bike with common tire size and and you know those things that are are pretty uh, easy and low cost to repair in advance, then then you can actually save a lot of money riding if if you do it right. It sounds like it's kind of that bike, but what led you to this over, you know, a TW200 or some of the other similar classed bikes? Why did you pick the Versus? Yeah, even like a CB500X. Oh, the, so, um, I don't like Hondas, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just, that's me being stubborn. I'm not a Honda guy. I didn't even look at it. It wasn't an option. It's okay. a fantastic option on paper. Um, and I know somebody that has a CB500F, not not the X, but um, probably same bike with a different fairing for the most part. But uh, yeah, just not a Honda guy. But I did look at a lot of other bikes. There's there's a lot of bikes in this class now. You talk about the, the Royal Unfilled Himalayan which yep. is a 400 something. You feel better about that, right? It's 405 almost 500 cc's, right? Oh, that's that's better. It's got less power. You know, it's much less power than this bike. So, I mean, just the number alone doesn't mean anything. And uh also uh people like the Himalayan, you don't want to brag about a 21-inch front tire. I had a 21-inch front tire on the DR. If somebody can tell me the difference between a 19 and a 21-inch tire, I mean, I don't know. Whatever gains you're getting from that, I, I've never experienced them. And, and it might be something that you uh, feel later on in your off-roading skills that I, I haven't honed. You know, maybe once you get to a, you know off-road racing, you can really feel the gains in a 21, but I never can. So uh, that bike, the Himalayan was a, uh, an option. The, the KTMs that are in that range, the 390 KTMs, uh, they felt a little small to me. I don't know why I sat on them. They were interesting. Yeah, they were a little firm. the The seats were thin. I felt like like I just didn't I didn't like the way they felt, and the looks were a little louder than I wanted. You know, like the I got a 2019 with zero miles on it, so it's brand new, um, but it's not the white one. It's it's very subtle. It's kind of gray and black, and I'm I, I'm gonna take the stickers off this weekend. So I mean, it's got some. <laughs> it's got some versusy graphics with like highlighter yellow streaks in it, and I'm gonna just peel those off. Yeah, uh, get a picture. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. So, but it's gonna be super subdued, black and gray. 
and just not loud and obnoxious and everything KTM makes is orange. Right. So, I mean, you better like orange, which I kind of do. I like orange. I'm not saying I hate the way KTM looks, but, uh, I kind of associate KTM and Husqvarna with the dirt bikes and chainsaws, you know, like, so as when I'm looking at a commuter, I'm not looking for a dirt bike or a chainsaw. And that's just the way my mind works. And, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy a. What's your, what's your problem with the chainsaw? I. It's not a good commuter. A chainsaw. Yeah. Like I don't know. But I've made a good amount of money using a chainsaw. That that seems okay for me. But okay, yeah. okay, I'm following. Yeah, and there was a couple other bikes too. I was looking at uh, the BMW. Oh, why not that one? Right, that one was close. The 310. Uh, yeah. It's a single. I'm out. Okay. Like, I, I know that. I don't care if they turned it on its side. It's still a single. The thing's going to vibrate like crazy. Top speed is 75 miles an hour on the 310. The the three-gallon gas tank got in the way of your legs on an off-roading marketed motorcycle when you stand up on it more than any other bike I've seen. And it's a three-gallon tank. How are you going to sell a bike as an entry-level adventure bike with three gallons of fuel in it? And then when you stand up on it, the tiniest gas tank I've ever seen on an adventure bike is obtrusive. How do you even do that? How do you take a tiny volume and make it get in someone's way? Like it was just, and that bike is, again, it's an entry-level adventure bike and it's got cast wheels. It's it's not even wire wheels. Like what were they thinking there? I, I don't know. It's They were marketing it for guys like you, right? That, that are looking to really be on the road. They didn't know what they wanted, right? They thought they wanted an adventure bike. They're going to get it and be 99% on the road. Yeah, and you might be right there, but if you were going to do that, why would you cap the top speed at 75? Like this, the the Versus will do 100 plus if you're if you're ringing it out. And that to me was necessary. I, I needed something that could do 80 um, for a long period of time. And not in the type of way that's damaging the bike. Like I need sustained 80 miles an hour as something it, it can do. As, uh, as opposed to the KLR 250 death wobble at 80, but it would do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's no death wobble at 80 on this bike. I, I, I can do, like I said, I can do sustained 85, sustained 90. Um, 90 is not fun, but nine, 90 and above is sketchy. You know, like it's, it's so sketchy, really getting, it's still necessary that it went over, it went a hundred miles an hour. It was still necessary, it, but it was okay to be sketchy. It's not. Yeah. It's necessary that it's there, not because I need to use it. It's because that excess needs to be there to make 75 miles an hour practical. Like a Honda rebel will do 75 miles an hour, but it's redlined, you know, like I, I can't commute to work redlined getting passed by people that's nonsense can i use that kind of justification for like a corvette being able to do 200 miles an hour for it to be practical for commuting yes okay. <laughs> they're actually really good i mean have you looked at lots of people commute in corvettes because they get 30 miles of the gallon because they're geared to do 200 I, I i've heard that i agree i've heard that yeah and they have excellent aerodynamics which also helps for i mean they have you know, these giant V8s in them, but they're still getting 30 miles a gallon because they're geared high and have, uh, you know, Hunt, good it's aerodynamics. Practical. It's going to be a practical commuter, this Corvette. I'm telling you. I'm t- yeah, it looks good. But none of that matters. It's going to get really good gas mileage. It's awesome. 
Yeah, there's like four people left in the parking lot, and two of them have Corvettes. That's true right now. There's a Chevy Volt, my motorcycle, and two Corvettes outside. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know who's there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just saying, they, they are actual people do commute in Corvettes. That's a real thing. But. So the only reason, I mean, it sounds like the only reason you went with this bike is because you have some vendetta against Honda. And you didn't like the single-cylindered uh, BMW, and I guess you are f- something about chainsaws and dirt bikes. Yeah, there was no other reason you went with this bike. It's got ABS, it's comical, which is com- It's very comical when you put it in that way, Addison. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing yeah, to do with the actual performance of the bike. It was all about feeling. No, I well, and it wasn't about feeling of this bike. It was about all the feelings he already has about the other bikes. What are you guys done? It's 37 minutes in. What? I could keep going. I got another hour or something, right? I can keep talking. I'm not done. Talk as long as you want. Yeah, no, I'm not done. There's so much more. You haven't stopped talking yet. Yeah, I know. That's what you asked me to do. (laughs) What are you talking about, Ryan? What, you call me into a a talk show? You don't want me to talk? Yeah, what are you going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk. Oh. All right, so it's got ABS. What about ABS? You ever in a bike with ABS on it and your bike's got ABS? Nope, never needed it. You don't know you don't need it. It's amazing. You can't screw up. You've never done a stoppy on accident because you had to hit the brakes too hard? Sure, but what does that have to do with I'm still riding and the bike didn't go down, so why? what would ABS do? It, do, it You don't do a stoppy and you slow down anyway. You just, you just, the bike just slows down and comes to a stop without okay. doing a stoppy and crapping your pants. Okay, like okay. It, so the, I can understand that. So I'm, I'm curious, how does it feel when it's doing it though? That's, that's fantastic. Little, it's like, it's, it you can feel it feel pulsing. Like taking control. It feels very natural. How does that, how does it react on that bike? Cause I know every bike manufacturer probably has a different way that they implement ABS. It almost never comes on until you are about to get into an accident or something like i have to force it to come on like it's it's not there all the time like in a car it is it's only coming on if you're just about to rear end a car like and you're squeezing both brakes harder than you should be to the point when something bad would normally happen on a regular motorcycle like a stoppy how many times have you been in an accident ryan Oh, somebody, you know, a lady in a minivan brake checked me yesterday on the highway. Oh, I've never been supposed to leave some space in front of you, Ryan. I had more space between me and her than she had between her and the car in front of her. So she was checking you. That's what you call it, though. She double footed her brakes on the highway in traffic. Like that actually happened yesterday. Also on the commute home. Are you riding on the freeway every day? Why are you riding on the freeway, Ryan? Sometimes I ride on the freeway. I tried to take the back roads yesterday, but there was traffic on the back roads. There was an accident on the back roads. So I had to, because I got to go through Damascus to get home the other way. And there's only one road to get through that town. And I guess there was an accident or something, but it was backed up clear past 122nd in Clackamas. It was literally stationary in the direction of Damascus for miles. So you were lane splitting to get through all of these cars, right? I, I was mean, not lane splitting. splitting. <laughs> you have a motorcycle, right? I mean, yeah. You can ride in people's yards. You can lane split. You can do down the sidewalk. Nobody cares. It looks no, like a bike. It's a tiny little bike. It looks like a pedal bike. Just pedal your feet while you're going. Nobody you would think cares. so. 
This isn't a little bike either, by the way. It's got like a 32 and a something inch seat height. Like it's pretty tall. My my wife can't sit on it. Uh, I was her feet. I mean, she can sit on it, but her feet doesn't touch the ground. She's on her tiptoes. Uh, by the way, I'm getting both of now that I have this bike again. I'm getting both my wife and her friend are looking at motorcycles now. So maybe we get a couple more around. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was given a, a motorcycle 101 class yesterday. They are looking at motorcycles, but not necessarily that motorcycle. I hear. No, they hate this bike. They don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's they just don't like the way it looks at all. It's are the, we talking like scooters or mopeds? Are we no, no, no. My wife is looking at a, a Kawasaki W800, like a cafe kind of like Addison's old uh, Triumph. Yeah, a real bike. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it only needs 800 cc's to make 45 horsepower or whatever, right? So, but again, that's what I'm saying. You got 300 cc's, you're making 40 horsepower. You're two thirds of the way to a Harley, and they've got four or five times the displacement. It's it's not a weak bike. It's got enough power to do what most people need to do every day. And I think that people overbuy um, for the same reason that people drive. Uh, trucks with 44 inch tires on them that only ever drive them to the mall you know what like tires did you say you put on your uh, xterra 34 no oh, okay 34 so about you okay i i stepped up my tire size one inch because it's an xterra and the tires that come on it are too small so you're going to be riding <laughs> it only i'm just i'm just pointing this out i'm just saying okay no, the Xterra goes off-road. I take that thing place. I'm building a trailer, a camping trailer in the garage right now, like with the old Xterra tires. It's another reason I bought bigger tires for the Xterra, because I'm using the tires on it to make the off-road trailer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's the Impala? The Impala's still in the garage. Okay. I'm just making Yeah. No, no. My garage is full of stuff. Is the Impala done? Are we going to see it this year? No, it's not done. Hey, we're gonna see it hey, in the Brad, Caribbean, though. This is a motorcycle podcast. Get over <laughs> your Chevy. Leave me alone. You you haven't even hardly talked, Addison. I'm talking to Ryan. He wants to talk. He said he could talk for hours. I'm talking to him. I'm sure our listeners are loving the interruptions too, Brad. Yeah, come on, Brad. Get yourself together. Come on, Brad. What's going on, this guy? Is an Impala <laughs> motorcycle? What's going on? We'll split this into two. But uh, yeah, anybody that. Uh, Wants to uh, check out more of what we're doing? Check out our Slacker Moto webpage. Check out our Patreon page. And uh, we'll look for comments and everything there. Otherwise, hope everybody has an awesome week and uh, continues to keep the rubber side down and enjoy the uh, life on two wheels. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.